The American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that's silently spreading, there's an unspoken fear. We're on our way down. We must eat America back. Main Street to Wall Street, cities and states, Washington D.C. Before it's too late, there's not long. We need leaders who lead us, not stick us and bleed us, then ransom our future and our children's. That's wrong. We must take America back as liberty weeps, our forefathers spin in their graves. Pray God will bless some way out of this mess. We must take America back. Good evening, and welcome to the National Intel Report. I'm your host, Steve Elkins, and today's date is May first. 2023. Well, as promised, you want him, we want him back, and we got him tonight. First hour only, Mr. Harley Schlanger's back with us at RBN. Welcome back, Harley. Steve, it's a pleasure to be back with you. Well, is I tell you what, you were missed. Uh, we, we kind of talked in the break between coming on live tonight, and uh, I'm not sure what happened. Uh, we went through a lot of uh, hard times when John passed on, and uh, somehow, some way, we don't know how it happened, but uh, under the radar, uh, we just lost contact, and we're back now. So I'm looking forward to having you on uh, just once a month. I appreciate that once a month. I know this is your sleeping hours, and you're up right now to do a show with us for the first hour, and uh, looking forward to it. So without further ado, you sent me a, an email on many, many great topics. Uh, I definitely want to dive in a little bit to, into your mind here, your perspective, what's going on in your neck of the woods when it comes down to the thinking, what's Germany thinking, what's France thinking, what's Europe thinking all in general. With the Ukraine war, that seems to be, well, It's, it's I, I think it's winding down, personally. I received some intel this morning. I, I assume it's true. It looked uh, like it was. It was time-dated time-stamped increments, intervals, telling me that uh, Russia had hammered the heck out of Ukraine and Kiev yesterday and taken out many of the military sites and all the weaponry that evidently the United States had sent over. It looked uh, devastating. It looked like a major impact on uh, Ukraine. And uh, if it's true, I think this thing's going to wind down pretty fast, which then will lead into what's the United States going to do about it. But uh, we have a list here of things uh, we can talk about tonight, and I like your little list here. And uh, we can start off from the top. If you want to, Harley, you want to start from the top? Let's uh, look at the list here. Did Americans vote for a permanent state of war? Let's go ahead and start off with that. Well, just to comment on what you said about the prospects for this war continuing, mm-hmm. the problem is that the Ukrainian government and Zelensky government is not making the decisions. They're being made in Washington, in London, and in Brussels, at NATO headquarters. Because the whole purpose for this war from the beginning, as said by Lloyd Austin at the first contact meeting in in the uh, Rammstein Air Base, 
the role, the goal of the United States is to weaken Russia, right. is to diminish Russia. Blinken has said to significantly damage Russia. Biden himself said, for God's sake, let's get rid of Putin. So the idea of regime change, breaking apart Russia and being able to, once that's done, grab the raw materials, that's the ultimate goal of the people who are calling the shots. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean Biden. Biden, is, as I'm sure your, your listeners know, uh, the only shots he calls for is his, his evening uh, sleeping medication. Right. You know, he's not in charge here. But the people who are in charge are the old war party that runs both political parties in the United States and most of the parties in Europe. Now, what you're saying about the war is absolutely true. Ukraine has been depleted. It's lost hundreds of thousands of troops. Uh, its air defenses have been destroyed. What NATO has been providing it and the U.S. has been providing it, we're not even sure how much of it has gotten to them because, as Seymour Hirsch and others have pointed out, Zelensky and his cronies are skimming hundreds of millions of dollars off the top, maybe billions of dollars off the top. But the the idea that you can keep a war going ultimately will mean that British and American and other NATO forces, probably Poland and Romania, will be put in to keep the war going. Uh, so this is why it's important that countries like China, Brazil, and others are calling for a ceasefire to try to make a split between the, the war hawks running the policy mm-hmm. and the people of the countries that are backing it who are suffering because of the war. And I'm right. talking about Americans and, and Germans in particular. Mm-hmm. Well, I understand, Harley, that uh, Turkey had tried to broker a deal for peace. And of course, the United States doesn't want any, uh, any peace deal at whatsoever. This is a proxy war. This is a U.S. proxy war using Ukraine to get back at China here. And the question I have for you is, if this fails, and it will fail, this will ultimately fail, this will fail on many, many levels, but there must be a fail-safe backup plan from the United States uh, if they are unsuccessful in splintering, breaking up Russia. There must be some other backup plan. In case that doesn't work, what do you think that plan might be? Well, I think the, the there's no off-ramp from the United States and NATO. Uh, The question is, how do you get out of a war that you shouldn't have been in in the first place? And I I think because of what happened in Afghanistan, they're hesitant to just pull out. But they're going to have to, because there's no other solution other than push for uh, more aggressive NATO intervention, including attacking Crimea, attacking the Donbass, and that won't work. But I, I think the other thing they're working on now is some kind of an, an agreement through China, that China would come in and say to Zelensky, you stop fighting, give up some of the territory, become a neutral state, but we'll help rebuild Ukraine. Now, that's not what the United States and the West want. That may be the best deal the Ukrainians are going to get. I, I think it was Scott Ritter who said it's sort of like the scene in The Godfather where they're given an offer they can't refuse, and when they refuse it, they wake up with a horse's head in the bed, yeah. and they realize that's the best offer they're going to get. Yeah. So I think that's the, the it's not going to end on the battlefield in the sense that Russia is not going to be defeated, and the West doesn't have the material, the money, or the will 
to go to war with Russia right now. So the question is, how do you move to some other uh, policy? Now, the reason the China thing is important is that if it's not China coming in to help rebuild Ukraine, it's going to be BlackRock, Vanguard, the corporate cartels that will take over Ukraine as they already are. They're taking over the raw materials. They're taking over the farmland. And I think at a certain point, the Ukrainians will rebel against it. So it's one of these classic lose-lose situations from the standpoint of the West. And then to compound it, Steve, they're talking now about doing the same thing all, all over again in China uh, with Taiwan. So we've got to get these war hawks out of power. And there's a way to do it. When we come to the economy, we can talk about it. But, but they're not in very good shape right now. Yeah. Well, I agree. We talked about the failing banks, and uh, we're seeing a domino effect of the failing banks, and I, I assume it's going to get much, much worse. You know, to that list talking about the war profiteers going in, and you mentioned BlackRock and Vanguard, uh, I think we probably got to add to that list Halliburton. What do you think about that? Well, I don't know how much Halliburton's involved in Ukraine. I, I know they were one of the big players in all the uh, – uh, Middle East wars and, and with the Bush-Cheney policies. Uh, but Halliburton does have a global uh, print. The other place to look at now is what's happening in Africa, because the U.S., uh, most Americans don't know this, but the U.S. has troops in, I think, 20-something African countries, um, so-called counter-terrorist measures. Uh, they're worried about loss of the raw materials, and the Africans are basically saying, what do we get from you? You come in, you lecture us about democracy, and then you send in your terrorists to arm our – or you send in your weapons uh, to arm our terrorists and, and kill our leaders. Right. So the Africans are moving away from the United States. The Asians are moving away from the United States. The Latin Americans are moving away from the United States. If we don't change our policies, we're going to be completely isolated in the world – and the irony is that Biden and Blinken keep saying Russia is the country that's isolated. Right. I agree. Well, the uh, the coalition, the support coalition for the United States seems to be shrinking quite fast. Uh, most uh, I just noticed that in, uh, in, in France saying it's, this is not our war. We're not going to involve ourselves with this situation here. Uh, this is your beef. This is your war. And the coalition – Supporting the United States, what's going on in Ukraine is getting very, very small. We do have boots on the ground, and I think we've talked about that a little bit there. Uh, special ops are on the ground. Uh, mercenaries are on the ground. So we are definitely getting into a war, a war, a proxy war against Russia right now, whether we like it or not. This is actually happening thanks to a 21-year-old that leaked some documents from the Pentagon about, about two weeks ago. The truth on really what's going on reminds me of uh, Daniel Ellsberg, the Pentagon Papers, really what's going on. We're being told this, but that's not the truth. Um, I don't know if that's going to have much of an impact, uh, Harley. You know, these documents were released. It's it's not looking good. It's very similar to Dan, Daniel Ellsberg Pentagon Papers. And the American people, I don't, I don't know. They're, they're just uh, – they're not engaged in really what's going on over there. I guess it's uh, no skin involved in this fight yet, but uh, if we're going to get into a proxy war, a real war later on, definitely we're going to have to beef up our, our woke military. And uh, and that's another thing that concerns me is that we we depleted our strategic oil reserves quite a bit. I tried to find today online what is our capacity now that we've been selling all this oil to China. 
Uh, I think the maximum was 714 million barrels. I have no idea where we are now. I think we were at 300 and something million barrels. Uh, we've depleted our own weaponry to send over to Ukraine. We've sent them probably near $200 billion to Ukraine already uh, at the taxpayer's expense. This thing is out of control, Harley. It's totally out of control. We are well, you know, going to have a collapse here very soon. There is an effort to establish some accountability by uh, Senator Rand Paul, who before the $46 billion package was voted up, he put in a, an amendment, a resolution calling for an inspector general to be set up to keep track of the weapons and the money and who's getting it and where it's going. And only 11 senators, I think they were all Republicans, but only 11 of them voted in support of that, which meant that the other 89 basically said, the American people are going to give as much as we want, as much as Biden wants, and there's nothing that you can say about it, and there's no way to keep track of it. And immediately, there were reports of weapons that were supposed to go to Ukraine ending up in the hands of Boko Haram, the Islamic fundamentalist terrorists in Nigeria, some ending up in Syria, some in Kurdish hands. Uh, the, the typical arms bazaar, the, the world trade, that Ukraine is one of the pivot countries for that. So, you know, the question is, when will the American people say, we didn't vote for this war, why are we being taxed? Now the official figure is about $113 billion. Uh, not all of that has been delivered yet, but they're talking about another 50 to $60 billion in the next six months to back up the so-called offensive, which may never take place. So, you know, this is... The question of what's wrong with the American people, and some of that has to do with the media. But in Europe, there's a different story. We're starting to see some real stirrings. And there are a lot of different issues involved. For example, in France, uh, today there are over 3 million people in the streets in France protesting the Macron government. Now, it was partly the war spending. It was partly the idea that you have to raise the retirement age so you can afford the war uh, in Germany, we had a, a demonstration in February, the, near the end of February, uh, 50,000 people at the Brandenburg Gate. So we're, we're seeing growing sentiments. There's demonstrations all over Europe today. It's May Day, the traditional protest day. So I don't have the full picture yet. But there's a growing sense in this part of the world that this is not our war. And additionally, there are people from NATO who are being killed. There was this uh, one story of a bunker that was hit with a, one of these Kinzhal hypersonic missiles that killed between 250 and 300 NATO personnel, probably including some Americans. But of course, those are bunkers and, and the, the dark spending and no one knows exactly what's, what's going on there. But the, the costs are going to go up. The consequences, the backfire effects are going up. The costs of energy are growing. As you point out, the United States is trying to fill some of the uh, vacuum created by the shutdown of the Russian oil and gas. But it's the, the LNG from the United States, it's extremely difficult to bring to Europe. It's very costly, and the Europeans are just not going to pay it. Right. Well, you know, I, I thought about this, and that... The United States targeting putting a bullseye on Russia right off the bat here 
has actually driven Russia into the arms of China. And I think North Korea would definitely join that coalition of three. If the United States thinks they could somehow muscle in and and still continue to be a, a superpower, well, now you've driven three of the biggest, biggest militaries together. Um, I, don't, I don't think anybody in the Pentagon thinks this way that I think. What do you think, Harley? Well, it, it's actually worse than that because the other thing that's happened is that the global south, that is the former colonies in Africa and Asia in particular, that used to be reliable American allies during the Cold War, are no longer allies. You have India, which even though it's got a dispute with China, a continuing dispute, is very much on the side of Russia. Uh, Indonesia, one of the larger countries in the world, is backing the Russians. Uh, Brazil, Algeria, Nigeria, you know, not one African nation voted to support the sanctions against Russia. Not one. And so what did we do? We sent Kamala Harris over there to, to talk to them. And she got lectures back from the Africans. Then they sent Blinken. And this is one of my favorite stories. Blinken was lecturing the foreign minister of South Africa, who's a, a very short woman, but a very powerful woman. And she cut him off at a certain point, And she said, Secretary Blinken, South Africa is a sovereign nation. We make decisions based on what's in our interests. Don't come here and try to bully us to support your wars. Now, I don't know if that was reported in the United States, but that's happening all over the world now. And so we're losing the credibility we once had, and more importantly, this idea of a rules-based order or the sole superpower or the U.S. as the hegemon that's not true anymore. In fact, what's really starting to, to have an effect is the de-dollarization, the move away from the dollar. And ultimately, this will be the downfall of any administration in the United States that continues this policy of permanent war and permanent austerity, wartime austerity on the American economy. Well, yeah, I agree with you 100% on the de-dollarization here. I mean, printing up money out of thin air and, of course, the central banking. And, of course, I do believe they actually do want to crash this economy to go to the digital currency, which will, again, be controlled by the central banking industry. Uh, it's amazing. You know, it, they're part of the problem. Of course, you're going to give them more power and control using a digital currency now. But, uh, you know, they're talking right now about increasing the debt ceiling, which is – is the craziest thing I've ever heard. That's actually the worst, uh, showing no fiscal responsibility whatsoever, uh, increasing the debt ceiling. That'd be like you, Harley, uh, you calling up uh, Visa and saying, well, I've got a $20,000 limit on my Visa card. I'm, uh, I'm maxed out on it. Can you give me another 10000 and I won't be able to pay you the average, the minimum on the monthly, and you getting the increase of $10,000. This Using the debt ceiling. Well, the the difference, Steve, as you know, is that the the individual borrower is not going to get that kind of credit from a bank, but the bankrupt corporations will. Yeah. The military-industrial complex corporations will, and and so on. Look, the, the, there's a problem with the the way the whole debt ceiling and debt crisis is being discussed, and it's typified by the fact that the Republicans who claim to be fiscally responsible are still voting for the money to go to Ukraine and, and the money to go to a, a war against China. In, in other words, they're not practicing what they preach, but there's a exactly. problem with, with dealing with the debt 
in the way the Here Federal Reserve is doing. You know, of course, I know your, your predecessor there, John, was... Oh, Harley, I'm going to hold you, I'm gonna hold you that thought. You We're going to go commercial break. We'll be right back. In the country. Here at Republic Broadcasting Network, we also want our listeners to have products they can use every day and in times of emergency. We have added new products each week to our store. Your support of this network, plus products at the best prices, is a win-win situation. Check out our new store. Go to our website, republicbroadcasting.org, and click on the online store located at the top of our website. Together, we can continue to grow RBN and help our listeners prepare for the future. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on our online store or call us. 800-724-2719, extension 3. 800-724-2719, extension 3. I'm so excited to have you as part of the Wild Pastures family, and we look forward to bringing you the pastures meats that you and your family will love. Now, we started Wild Pastures because so many of my clients would tell me they just couldn't find high-quality pastures meats, and even when they did, it was so expensive that they couldn't afford to eat it regularly. Now, I'm not talking about the bottom-of-the-barrel healthy meats that have claims like natural or free-range or even cage-free, terms that were actually created by the industrial food industry to make us feel all warm and fuzzy about buying their low-quality products. I'm talking about truly nourishing pasture-raised meats, the kind that you'll never really find in a grocery store. Our farmers are doing things beyond organic. Our beef is 100% grass-fed and grass-finished and raised on pastures free from chemicals and other pesticides. Our chickens are 100% pasture-raised, where they get their natural diet of grass and forage and insects. We will never settle for free range, which is actually one of the most deceptive terms in the chicken industry. In fact, less than 0.1% of the chicken consumed in the United States is truly pasture-raised in the way that ours is. And our pork is 100% pasture-raised as well. So if you care about where your food comes from, then you have definitely made it to the right place. As a Wild Pastures member, you'll be supporting the most highly principled farmers in America and getting the most nutrient-dense, nourishing, and sustainable meats in the world. But I'm confident you'll love being part of our mission at Wild Pastures, and you will really love the delicious, nourishing meats that we're going to deliver straight to your door. Visit republicbroadcasting.org and click the Wild Pastures banner ad. Secure a shipment today. Beef, poultry, and pork raised the way nature intended. tonight, Mr. Harley Schlanger, and uh, your parting statement before we went to the break here, I'd have to agree 100%, Harley. The Republicans are going along with all the Democrats spending for Ukraine. They're going along with everything. I There is absolutely no conservatism 
in the Republican Party whatsoever. I can't find anything conservative other than a handful of people, maybe like Rand Paul. But other than that, it's uh, I don't know what's going on here, why they're all on board. And all these policies are destroying our country. Well, it has a lot to do with the way the campaigns are funded. But it also has to do with the uh, overall corruption of our society. I mean, we, we, we can talk about the Congress all we want, but why are people tolerating such corrupt people who will vote for wars that uh, bankrupt our country, kill large numbers of people in the countries we say we're helping? Uh, why do people not know better? And I think this gets to the whole question of the corruption of the media, but even deeper, the collapse of the education system in the United States. But I, I want to focus just for a moment on this question of economics, because uh, you brought up an important point. You know, how is it that we keep going deeper and deeper in debt with the idea that somehow this is going to get us out of debt? You know, we just saw a perfect example of this today with J.P. Morgan Chase taking over First Republic Bank after having had a bailout. J.P. Morgan Chase played a big part in this $30 billion bailout of First Republic about a month ago. And then First Republic had access to borrowing up to $150 billion from the Federal Home Loan Board, from various other Federal Reserve institutions. And yet their stock went from $149 a share to $1.90 when it was uh, declared insolvent yesterday. So, you know, where's the thinking in these things? If you have debt, for example, there's something called zombie corporations. Mm -hmm. And that's a technical term. It's a corporation that doesn't make enough money to pay interest on the debt, but will not be allowed to fail. And so they can line up to get the cheap credit that the Federal Reserve has been pumping out since 2008, over $40 trillion of virtually no interest credit that's never going to get paid back. But it's on the books of these banks, and they keep going deeper and deeper into debt. So the, the question is not just government spending. But it's corporate spending. It's private sector spending. Mm -hmm. It's that we no longer have a physical economy. We've become a service economy and a consumer economy. And we became completely dependent on goods produced offshore through outsourcing. And so when those other countries that were producing the goods started asking for higher wages, which, of course, is their prerogative, uh, we're stuck. We can't pay it. We don't have the money. Our our trade deficit was at a record this last uh, quarter. Uh, we've achieved a, a new all-time record for the balance of trade deficit. And it's not going to change. It's going to keep getting worse. So the, the problem is not just balancing the, the federal budget. It's we've got to start producing again, producing physical goods the goods that add real value as opposed to printing money. Right. Well, I agree with you 100%. I remember the time that uh, that actually started happening, I think in the 70s. And uh, the greed, I, I got to say the greed from the corporations hardly, kind of uh, the lobbyists targeting the politicians to saying, hey, how can we make more money here? Well, you could take it offshore here. You could avoid EPA environmental standards, pollution standards. You can avoid the 
the trade unions uh, with higher raises and everything like that and the cost of, of the employees and simply find some feasible way to find a sweatshop, I guess, in a third world country here, produce a decent product, send it back at a higher, higher cost and uh, and make a lot of money. And uh, which is brings me to the point of if how can we possibly think about starting a war with China who produces pretty much everything that we have? We have right. very little products anymore. <laughs> We are a service nation. We are not a product-producing manufacturing nation any longer. So I don't know how that's possible to fight uh, a war with China. I mean, I, I've always thought, you know, the United States, when they want to punish somebody, they, they put sanctions on them or they put tariffs on their products. You can't do that to either China because they produce everything we need, it seems like. So if there's to be a, some kind of retaliation, Harley, on America from China, why wouldn't China just simply cut us off? from all the imports that we bring in the products, why wouldn't they just cut us off completely? And and basically our supply chain would seriously back up to where we would stall our economy. We would be belly up big time. Well, I think there are two reasons why that won't happen. One is that China doesn't want to see the United States collapse. I know we, we hear all this propaganda about how China is trying to destroy the United States. What has China done in, in the last 20 years? They've lifted 800 million of their citizens out of poverty. How did they do it? Did they do it with, with state welfare? No, they invested in education, in new technology, and in physical economy, in uh, infrastructure. They did what we used to do. Now, they're a nominally socialist or communist system, but they're not a real communist system. They have billionaires there. Sure. They have a middle class now of 350 million people, almost the size of the actually the size of the whole U.S. population in China is now middle class. So they're what they're saying is, why don't we work with them on the Belt and Road Initiative? And, and for a brief period of time, President Trump was moving in that direction. But what happened? Two things. Russiagate, where Trump kept getting hammered by the lying story that was produced by the intelligence community, the Clinton-Obama networks, uh, and the media. And then secondly, he was poorly served by people like John Bolton, because Trump was moving toward getting an agreement with North Korea that would have totally revolutionized the situation in Asia, because it would have been the United States, Russia, China, making sure North Korea uh, would not be aggressive and, and would be brought out of its isolation. And instead, when Trump was in uh, Asia meeting with Kim Jong-un, Bolton was saying to them, remember Gaddafi. He gave up his weapons and look what we did to him. So it was sabotaged. And Bolton is a hardcore operative of this deep state. Now, say what you will about that. The problem is that Donald Trump made some very bad decisions with personnel, including Bolton, including uh, Pompeo, including the three generals who ran his first two years, including Mnuchin at the Treasury. And despite his good intentions towards Russia and even towards China, it was sabotaged by that permanent bureaucracy. So you know, the, the question now is, how do we get out of this situation? We're not going to get out of it by war. We're not going to get out of it by austerity and cutting the budget. We're going to get out of it 
by breaking the power of the private banks that control the Federal Reserve, because the Federal Reserve is not a government institution. It's a private agency that's a, a hired gun working for the, the largest financial institutions, not just big commercial banks, but the right. insurance companies and so on. And they have their interests. And you mentioned the word greed before. Yeah. This is what you see. They're creating something that's called too big to fail. Well, that means that the government is essentially controlled by these private institutions. So when people say the government's out of control, what I say about the government is that it's under the control of the corporate cartels instead of the people. The people are not making policy. We don't have representative government. We have a basically a socialism for the wealthy, for the, the corporate cartels. And that's got to change. Well, I, I agree with you 100 percent that Donald Trump made some serious, huge mistakes speaking on in his his his, uh, his presidency, uh, keeping the holders from the Obama administration and uh, a lot of uh, people behind the scenes. They're looking for ways to bring him down and the whole of the Russiagate thing. That was amazing what the, how scripted that was and who was behind the initial plan, Obama and Clinton's. But uh, it's uh, it's amazing here. But you brought that up there. So I got I got to entertain this. This interesting issue here of the elections. We saw the 2020 elections. They were stolen. I remember John Stadmiller and I were doing the broadcast. We did six hours that day. We were talking about the elections, and we were talking state by state how they were going, which direction they were going to Republican or Democrat. And I saw around 8 o'clock in the evening the flip happen before my eyes, and I said to John, did you see that? Did you see that number just flip? It was a huge number for Donald Trump, and suddenly it flipped and became the huge number for for um, Joe Biden, and the small number became a Trump number. I saw it happen. Later on, when I figured out actually how what was happening here, that these people, these 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 colluders, these people in in charge of flipping the election, finding out that the servers were in Frankfurt, Germany. Of course, at that time I was in California. That's an eight-hour or nine-hour difference between my time zone. They were told to flip the election in the early morning hours, but it should have been in, in our early morning hours. Had we had we all gone to sleep, woke up in the morning, we would have said it was it was over. Uh, Trump lost, Joe Biden won. We wouldn't have had any idea what happened, but we saw what happened. I saw the flip actually happen, Hurley. So I know actually what happened. These idiots flipped it in the middle of their early morning hours, not my sleeping hours. So now knowing that this system is still in place, Harley, it's still in place. Dominion, Smartmatic, the corruption's still built in place. We saw 2,000 Mules documentary, the ballot stuffing, the ballot harvesting, how they did this. What's going to change in 2024 for the American people to say it's fair and honest, I'm going to stand up, I'm going to go vote, get in line and vote, and looking for a different outcome than the stolen election in 2020? What's going to change in 2024 for us? Is Donald Trump again going to get cheated by the same system that stole the election in 2020? Well, of course, they're trying to keep him from running again with these legal cases. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to basically have a, the, the, the living dead Joe Biden uh, kept at least talking until the 2024 election. But look, I, I have a slightly different view of this because I don't think it was Dominion or Smartmatic that, that was involved in this. It's the intelligence community. 
because ultimately, if you read what was re released by Edward Snowden in terms of the uh, capabilities of the cyber warfare of the National Security Agency, uh, and uh, by the way, this Frankfurt, Germany story is not true. It was actually uh, the, the choke point was in London. Now, if you know something about GCHQ, the, the British cyber uh, warfare operation, and the NSA, uh, there was an operation run to basically throw off the Trump legal team, the Sidney Powell and others, by looking only at the, the uh, uh, election counting machines. What Roger Stone told me long before the election is that if elections get stolen, uh, national elections, it's got to be done by the intelligence community. And I think this is where we have to focus our attention on, on two things. One is economics, and secondly, the intelligence community. Because the military-industrial complex is real, but it's not just defense contractors. It's the banks and it's the corporate cartels, including the media cartels. Now, how do you deal with that? The first thing you've got to do is people have to come to realize that we need to do something about this banking system. And the first thing is to go back to the Glass-Steagall bill that existed from 1933 to 1999, which separated commercial banks from investment banks. It meant that the, the, the money that was put into commercial banks was not available for the speculators in the investment banks. But with the repeal of Glass-Steagall in 1999, and it had been chipped away before that, the commercial banks could now put their money into things like mortgage-backed securities and derivatives. And so now you have a system where your deposits don't exist in the bank anymore. They exist on computer notations, which are part of this global a two quadrillion dollar market of financial derivatives, which is about to blow. This was the issue of First Republic. This is the issue of Credit Suisse. This is the issue of Deutsche Bank. The derivatives are essentially financial instruments that are derived from something of value but have no value in themselves. They're basically bets. And this is what the Federal Reserve keeps backing up. By giving liquidity to these bankrupt banks, they're able to keep on their books financial instruments at face value, which are really worthless. And instead of mark to market, where you get to the actual value of these things, they're keeping them in the trillions of dollars when they should be marked down to the billions or even the millions. Now, that's where the money, the slush fund, comes in to buy up Congress uh, to buy up the, the government agencies. That's who controls the permanent bureaucracy in the Justice Department, in the defense and intelligence community. And that's what's got to be attacked. And it's got to be attacked by the American people. Because the only way you can make a change, I mean, you can go out there and talk about vote fraud all you want. There's not a mechanism to change it. But you take power away from the bankers. You take power away from the intelligence community. And then you can have a change. And that's our country was set up so that we had a Congress that's supposed to be responsible to the voters, representing the interests of the voters. 
We don't have that. It's almost impossible to talk to a congressman these days. So I, I think until the American people wake up to the swindle that's being perpetrated against them uh, by these corporate cartels that control all aspects of our lives, and I'm talking about big tech, big pharma, uh, the, the banking and finance and insurance industries, they're the ones who control things. And that's where the problem is. So you, you saw what happened in the Arizona election. You can protest all you want, but the courts are corrupt. The, the system is corrupt. We've got to change that by having an active American population that no longer tolerates these kinds of frauds. Yeah, Kerry Lick and the John Fetterman. Definitely Arizona and Philadelphia was uh, was an eye-opener for me. I, I mean, it's it was a no-brainer. Um, you know, Carrie Lake should have won that by a landslide just based on her agenda, speaking out against the legal the legal immigration coming into Arizona. A- amazing, you know, and nobody in Arizona wants this illegal immigration. And, and she was a, a solid winner and uh, got cheated out of this by Katie Hobbs. I want to go to uh, the possibility to just throw this out at you that the United States definitely wants this central bank digital currency. They want this. It's going to be a controlling mechanism control Americans. It's going to be a way to use leverage against you. If you don't obey their, their commands and things they need to do, uh, it simply can be uh, used to force you by fines or maybe they'll freeze your account. I don't know. But uh, digital currency is, is definitely going to happen, no doubt about it. Uh, are they going to stop quantitative easing anytime soon and plunge protection and just let this thing come to a halt, come to an end? Well, There are two aspects to this. The first is this whole idea of the Great Reset and the World Economic Forum. Mm -hmm. Let me point out to people that before anyone had ever heard of Klaus Schwab, uh, there was something called the the, uh, policy for controlled disintegration of the U.S. economy. That went back to the Carter administration and Paul Volcker. uh, George Shultz was a Republican who was involved in that. So what we're seeing played out today was not invented by Klaus Schwab in the, the after 2000. It was in place for a long time from the city of London and Wall Street. Uh, Walt Riston, the former head of Citibank, wrote a, a book in the early 80s called The Twilight of Sovereignty, which talked about national sovereignty as being the great enemy of what's necessary, that is a global banker's dictatorship. The key to the Great Reset is that the banks through the central banks control at present credit and currency. That is, who can get credit and how much is available. But they don't control spending. And the Great Reset is to have the government set up technocratic institutions, that is, technocrats, who will be in charge of spending policy as well. So you don't have a Congress or a Parliament making your uh, budgets anymore. It's all in the hands of technocrats tied to the banking and finance industry. Now, that's where the central bank digital currency comes in. It would be very easy to centralize that. Now, here's the point. If you take credit control away from the central banks... They can't have a digital currency that would would function that way. That's why Glass-Steagall is so important. That's why no bailouts are so important. That's why going back to the American banking model from the 1930s to the 1990s would work. 
because it would keep a certain amount of power, a large amount of power in the hands of Congress instead of in these these special interests, these private interests. So if you do that, then if there are digital currencies, they would be used only for the final transactions and international trade and things of that sort, not individual accounts. There's no reason why any citizen needs to have a digital account. Right. You know, the, the idea that it makes it easier, you have all the information in one place, that's all a lot of bunk. It is a control mechanism, but it only works if they have the continued control through the central banks of credit, currency, and spending. And that's what the whole drive is for. And that's something that, you know, again, we, we talked about who voted for these wars. Well, who voted for these economic policies? No right, one. Right, right. Well, uh, Harley, how do we stop the ESG scoring on the corporations? Because I, I see that as a as a way to, uh, well, that's going to stifle the economy. I, as far as I know, the ESG scoring, I know other countries are doing this now. What do you, what do you think about that in America here, this ESG scoring for the corporations and the lending institutions to uh, to have a score for you, and uh, whether you may get a loan or you may not get a loan. Well, the, the, in, in a sense, Steve, it already exists. I mean, if you're a small businessman, uh, it's extremely difficult to get a loan, even if you have good credit, good credentials, and everything else, because the way the system is set up right now is that the priority for credit from the quantitative easing goes to the banks and their their brain dead corporations but the esg it, it's not going to work it's already falling apart in europe the european union is having to revise its plan uh because the it's tied to the green economy and the idea of the global green environmentalist movement doesn't function you know look Germany shut down its last three nuclear plants uh, three weeks ago. And the next day, Germany had a huge deficit of electricity. They had to buy electricity from uh, the Czech Republic, Poland, Austria, Belgium, and France. And you know where, why those other countries had extra electricity to sell? Because they had nuclear power. So the French are not going to give up nuclear power. Uh, certainly Poland's not, but all of the southern countries, the African countries, the Russians and Chinese are going in and building nuclear power plants in those mm -hmm. countries. So the, the main, and also, I don't know if you saw this, but there was a report the other day that said there's a, a shift now in climate change from global warming to global cooling. Well, this is something that, that we in the LaRouche movement were talking about in the 70s. There's no global warming or global cooling. There's temperature change based on levels of solar radiation, the, our solar system's position in the overall universe. Uh, these are big things, not how many people have cars. And if you switched everyone to riding bicycles, you'd still have temperature increases and decreases. So... I think this is where we get back to the thing we were talking about earlier, education, real science. The only way they get away with this is they control the educational institutions. Uh, this is the whole woke policy. And then they control the, the uh, legislative policy and the media. And the media tells you 
this is the worst tornado season we've ever had. Well, someone can go back and find five years earlier there was a, a worse tornado season. You know, I was told all summer last summer that this is the hottest summer in European history. We didn't even have a single day of 80 degrees in, in Berlin area. Not a single day. So how is this the hottest summer? Yeah. They make it all up. Yeah. Well, they cherry, they cherry pick the data. You know, you, you have yeah. temperature spikes here and there. And for some reason, you know, it's amazing that these people who believe this narrative that the planet is actually heating up, it, it heats up in certain places, but then other places it's, it's cooler than normal. Uh, yeah, it, it doesn't fit the narrative and it is falling apart. And I think a lot of people realize that also. We didn't even factor in the the uh, taxation, the carbon tax here of what they want to blame you for and charge you for. But uh, well, the whole idea no, of the carbon dioxide is a killer. Right. That means that we're the killers because we breathe it. We yeah. create it. Yeah. You know, the, the, the most obvious thing is if you do away with fossil fuel and, and nuclear and, and more advanced technologies, people are going to have to start cutting down forests and using the That's wood right. for heat and, and, and um, right. cooking. That's and trees are the the best solution for carbon dioxide. Exactly. Tell, as a matter of fact, it, Friday was uh, last Friday was Arbor Day, so plant a tree, you know, and yeah. save the environment. Take out that excess CO two by planting a, a couple of trees. You, you know, you're right. You're 100 percent right. Uh, CO two is not a noxious gas. It's it's kind of necessary for uh, uh, for producing oxygen for our foliage and our trees. And uh, for some reason, they've they've spun this lie that CO two is the enemy and uh, the enemy actually is in Washington, Harley. Well, uh, yeah, and, and then they say cow farts are a big problem, yep. Yep. and therefore we have to eat bugs. Yep. I mean, the, the, the whole policy, if, if people could sit down, and older people I'm talking about now, people over 40 or 45, sit down and think about it, they're being fed so much bull that they ought to be able to figure it out. Now, the younger people don't know that. And this is where the, the whole agenda is to recruit young people who right. uh, spend all their time on social media uh, or on drugs and don't know much about anything, but can be convinced to do things like last week in Berlin, this group called The Last Generation, which is the radical extreme environmentalist, used the most powerful glue that's available in Germany to glue themselves to the streets to shut down traffic. And I don't know if you saw these these uh, okay. videos. Harley, we're going to take a short commercial break and come right back to you. I hear our music, so we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Okay. Corporate media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government, independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties. As a listener of RBN, no one understands this concept better than you. Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible? 
Quite the contrary. With pointed slogans from LibertyStickers.com, you can reach countless sleeping Americans unaware that they live in a real-life wonderland. LibertyStickers.com has a huge inventory of political bumper stickers and messages that reflect the truth about our government, our politicians, and the future of America. With so many in stock, there's one perfect for you. Visit us today at LibertyStickers.com. Again, that's LibertyStickers.com. Do your part. Your voice is important. Let it be heard. Extendivite is more than just a heart tonic. Most basic diseases are caused by yeast in the gut and metals in the liver, and we all have a bit of both. The garlic in Extendivite has a yeast-killing effect in the gut while also helping the sulfur enzyme in the liver get rid of the metals. Extendivite just may improve your overall health. Products like Extendivite are the only way we are going to get our society healthy. And if you're waiting for the government and pharmaceutical care to solve your health problems, you're going to have a long, disappointing wait, I think. Extendivite is a complete formula for extended life in the new millennium. 80 can be the new 60. Extendivite is available in capsule or liquid form for just $69.95 for a two-month supply. To get started, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with My name is John. I'm the founder of Blackout Coffee, and I started uh, Blackout because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee, and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good, and uh, every time I came back uh, to the U.S., I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it, and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee. It's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumer's house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee, you have to try ours. It's fresh roasted. It's one of the best beans that we can get, and you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10. back to our discussion here uh, i just want to say something real quick here and hopefully get you back um and finish up some more of your thought process here you're absolutely correct the the agenda to, is to recruit the uneducated youth in this country feed them misinformation and mold their thinking to follow the green deal for the future harley uh following princes like uh the climatologist self-proclaimed greta thunberg uh that's definitely an effort to recruit the youth in this country uh, their efforts are wasted on us, I'll have to say, the uneducated, because we are the educated. Uh, they're going to focus on the youth to mold their minds the way they want them for the future. And whether it be climatologists, uh, the globe, the planet is heating up, or the LGBTQ agenda, transgender uh, agendas, uh, they're focusing on the youth. Um, comments on that? Well, that's that's what I was saying. That's exactly what they're doing. I mean, I see it here in the German public school system 
where I have three children and my children are fighting every day with these radical greenies who don't know anything. You know, they, they, you know, they'll say things like, uh, the, problem with the world is that they're we're consuming too much and these are kids who have everything they could possibly want because it's a private school Mm -hmm. so they they have no ability to reflect and they're not being taught the powers of critical thinking that are necessary to see through these kinds of frauds so we're dealing with the what the british called the battle for the mind and the problem is that the it's the cartels in media and the cartels they work with that have the resources to control the agenda. Now, the problem is they're failing. They can't provide products that people need. They can't provide the jobs. They, they can't have a, a financial system that functions. And so they're going to more and more extreme measures, including war, because part of the reason for the war against Russia and the threat against China is that Russia and China are the leaders in the move away from the dollar. Not because they don't like the United States, but because they don't want to be stuck with worthless paper. Right. You know, Putin made a funny comment. He said the only area of productivity increase in the United States right now is the Federal Reserve printing presses. That's right. So, you know, that's why you know, if people want to get more from me, you know, I, I'm happy to come on with you every month. But you can write to me at my uh, personal email address and get linked up with my daily 12-minute video updates. Uh, so if you want to reach me or if you have questions for me, you can send them to me at harleysch at gmail.com. That's H-A-R-L-E-Y-S-C-H at gmail.com. And in the old days when I'd be on with John, I, I'd always get lots of very intriguing comments and letters from uh, emails from the RBN audience. And I, I'm very happy to have that opportunity again to communicate with people who actually are thinkers and and not just driven to try and fit in with the establishment, which is killing us. Yeah. Well, I agree with that 100%. We do have some smart listeners here. I'm going to see if I can squeeze in one question real quick here. The uh, Europe pulling away and basically telling Biden, the Biden administration, that this is your war, not our war with Russia. Have, have anything to do with the United States being part of the destruction sabotage of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline? Unfortunately, no. The, here in Germany, the government is not even investigating the, the charge from Seymour Hirsch that Biden blew it up. There seems to be a, a lack of interest because the they've sold out so much to NATO and the European Union. But the European Union is going to crack. It can't continue to try to demand that these countries give up their sovereignty. Uh, Some of them will give up their sovereignty, but others won't. So I think we're going to see some big changes coming in Europe. Harley Schlanger, thank you so much for rejoining us at RBN tonight. And uh, look forward to the monthly talks that we have here in the first hour. Harley, again, thank you for coming back. It's been a pleasure to interview you tonight and and pick your brain or get your perspective on world politics. Thank you again for joining us tonight. And thank you for your invitation. Made me a we'll see you next month. Okay. Because I warned the Bureau before the CIA's biocrime and Cipro sales psyops happened. I was right about COVID-19 being an AIDS-laced mutagen plan to resurge this fall to excuse officials' profitable depopulation globalization agendas. And I was right about the only safeguards being antioxidants and holy spiritual sustenance. 
Vitamin C, D, zinc, chlorophyll, oxygen, and oxysilver especially transmits the frequency resonance to neutralize the expanded function bioweapon. Oxysilver is a double superconductor of the healing power of love. It is the first nutraceutical invented to amplify prayer power and the faithful loving intention of your heart. Buy, try, and stockpile Oxysilver through HealthyWorldStore.com. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.